Hey, welcome back to Family in Progress. I'm your host, Samantha Berry. I'm really glad that you're here. I'm so excited to continue this interview series as we provide the space for families to share their journey in adoption and foster care. We have a lot of wonderful guests lined up, and I know that these stories are going to be impactful. In the next few episodes, you can expect to hear from couples, single parents, those who have internationally adopted, children who were adopted, lawyers and therapists as they share their side of the process, and really a little bit of everything in between. If you're new here, we at Family Enrichment Center have a mission to empower families and prevent child abuse. Family Enrichment Center's Adoption Resource Program was created to build on the strengths and meet the needs of current and prospective foster and adoptive families, specifically those in the Two Rivers region. We are a firm believer that everyone can do something, especially when it comes to meeting the needs of children in the state's care and the families that welcome them into their home. We know that not everyone is able to provide foster care or adopt, but there are so many ways to be involved and supportive of those who are. This podcast's mission is to inspire and encourage others to begin their adoption journey, to cultivate community awareness, and to honor the stories of those who are on this journey. Join me in this episode as I have a conversation with my friend Leslie. Leslie and her husband began their foster journey a few years ago, and now they are parents to four beautiful, very active children. Leslie is a superwoman, and I really don't know how she does it all. She's involved in her community and the foster community, all while making sure her children are engaged and involved. I know that their story is going to inspire you. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you for taking the time to come and chat with me. Thanks for doing this yeah. and telling our stories. Yeah, of course. I, I'm excited for your story. Um, I mean, we know each other personally, um, but I don't really know much about your story. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm in for a real treat as well. Um, and I, I know... I know that enough about your story that it's probably not typical. Or maybe it is typical. I don't know. What would you say? Um, From all the other foster families that I know, we probably have had a little easier road. Really? Than wow, others. Okay. However, it didn't go the way that we expected it to mm-hmm. go. <laughs> as is life. <laughs> yes. As is the foster system and the foster journey period. Yes. So... so. You're currently fostering, right? No, we are we fully adopted. Fully adopted now. We have okay. four fully adopted. Four fully adopted. Okay. Yes. Maybe uh, I just had a little brain moment. So, um, why did you... Well, actually, let's skip back. Okay. Why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, so, there's four kids at home. There's four children at home, ages eight, seven... Three and about to be three. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> um, the two babies are exactly, are almost exactly nine months apart. Um, the youngest one was seven weeks early, so wow, they would have been about eleven months apart. But so the four sibling group, they're all siblings for they the are same all, family. They all, they all have the same bio mom. Okay, uh, two separate bio dads, but the same bio the same. mom. Sibling group. Okay. Yes. Um, but my husband and I got married in uh, 2012. We were 37 and 38, 38 and 39, however old we were. <laughs> so pretty much we gave it to God till 40. 
if he blessed us with a baby on our own, great. But if not, we weren't going to go to any more measures about trying to have children. Um, it just wasn't meant to be that mm-hmm. we had a biologic child. But um, we were living here in Bowling Green. I was working in Russellville. He was working in, he was here in Bowling Green working. And um, we finally decided about four years in that we wanted to move toward Auburn. Okay. Um, where my family was. And uh, it'd be halfway between both of us driving and just it'll be a little bit easier. We got involved in our church um, in Auburn and a situation happened that um, a family that was a family of five, a baby died and the two, two girls, um, one had had a major heat stroke. The other somehow survived a hot van um, and just had dehydration. So, um, through months of investigation, um, the truth was finally found out that um, this father had left his children in a hot van while he went in to take a nap. Mm. Um, and the girls were finally taken away. So, and placed in foster care. Um, but we really, we didn't, we weren't involved in foster care at this point in time. It had always been something on my heart because I'm a, I'm, like so many women in today's age, um, I've got polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I really never yeah. thought that I would have a baby. Um, thought maybe by some miracle. Um, but so foster care and adoption had always been something on my heart. And Chuck and I had talked about it throughout our marriage, mm-hmm. on and off. Um, and for some reason, Christmas of 17... He was going to present me with papers for us to sign up to do foster care. Um, He was going to give it to me for Christmas, but there's a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman about um, wanting a forever home. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. song came on the radio, and I was just crying while we're driving down the road. And Chuck goes, I was going to do this for Christmas, but it's time. No. So we started classes in January of 2018. Um. We were finally approved in May of 2018. Had one little family group come in for Mm -hmm. one weekend, and it just about tore my heart apart to say goodbye to them. Um, But we just weren't, at that point in time, able to keep the two that we had. Um, Little did I know, Chuck, every morning as he was driving to work, was praying that if God would make a way for us to get the girls that we have, from the accident, Mm -hmm. that he would open the door. He had always said through all of our training that we wanted one little boy age five to nine. These little girls were both under three at that point in time. (laughs) So I just never thought about it, uh, Uh really. But it just so happened that at the same time, the family that our girls were with we're also feeling God say, these girls are not yours. Wow. So we began the process um, through our social workers to get the girls moved to our home um, where we knew once they came in, they mm-hmm. would be in our home forever. Um, we were just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for all of their bio fathers' um, judicial mm-hmm. process to take place so that their um, Rights could be terminated. Right. Um, so that took 
they came in, they came, they moved, they officially moved into our home on July 1st of 2018. And they were not, their rights were not terminated until December of 2019. Wow. So like a year and a half. Yes. Um, so they were finally adopted in July of 2020, of course, amid, amidst the pandemic. Right. Um, when we got the girls, they were no longer having visits with their bio mom. Um, so, I mean, it, it was, it was a fairly easy foster mm-hmm. situation then. Um, we weren't having to do visits. We, we still had to see our social workers monthly. But right. other than that, it was no big deal. Then we get a call. Um, we find out about January that bio mom is pregnant. Um, we just, we had, we were under the impression that there was someone on the bio father's side that would take the baby, which was a lie. <laughs> so on the day he was born, on the day our third child was born, we got the call that um, we needed to decide if we were going to take him. And if not, they would probably probably be looking for a home for three children. Wow. So at this point, um, my husband even had to leave work. He was that distraught because the thought of our girls leaving our home after us loving them now for nine months mm-hmm. um, was just an impossible situation. So um, I just kept feeling, I just had this overwhelming feeling that, okay, God has taken care of us through through this, this last nine months, mm-hmm. he's going to take care of us if we pick up this baby too. Um, remember, at this point in time, Chuck and I are 45, 46, mm-hmm. and we're about to go to the hospital and pick up a newborn. A newborn. <laughs> <laughs> we know nothing. We know nothing about a newborn. Uh, the difference between a two-year-old and a newborn are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but backing up to that, that day that he was born, I immediately sent out to my Sunday school class. Um, we're about to get a baby. If anybody has anything for a little boy, mm-hmm. let me know. <laughs> right. So Needing immediately we had a bassinet. We had clothes. We had everything we needed Wow. Um, for this little guy. Um, I think that speaks volumes on just trying to find those communities and getting plugged in yes. and, and asking for what you need too. Yes. People want to help. They just don't know how. Right. So I think that is amazing that that came together. Um, yeah. And then um, Matt, our oldest Maddie, um, she's the one who suffered the stroke. She was blessed with a make a wish trip mm-hmm. from her having her stroke. She basically from that stroke went from being a typical two and a half year old to being a newborn again she had to learn to walk she had to learn to talk she had to learn everything oh my goodness so for her make-a-wish trip of course she wanted to go to disney Mm -hmm. um with our little man brayden being as little as he was we didn't take him with us but so um the girls and chuck and i headed to disney um little did we know while we were there we would get a phone call that oh mom's had another baby we didn't even know she was pregnant. No one knew she was pregnant. <laughs> uh, she'd had three, we think she only had three um, prenatal visits. Mm-hmm. So she really hadn't taken care of baby. Um, so um, little Ella was born. 
And um, we really had to pray and think about, this is baby number four. Mm-hmm. Four. Four under. Four under five. <laughs> under five at this point. Also on this Disney trip, I noticed Maddie, just some irregularities mm-hmm. maybe, a lot of picking of her fingers. Um, she loved Disney, but it was so off schedule for her, and it got her so overwhelmed. overwhelmed. And- um, a few other little kinks here and there that had been happening, but it just, it all added together mm-hmm. on this trip. Because up to this point, I had been working 40 hours, so the girls were going to preschool and daycare, and then all of a sudden you're with them 24 hours right. a day for those week, those days. I actually started, you actually start noticing these things that's happening every day, mm-hmm. but you're not with them. Um, so doing the typical thing that we do now, going to Google, <laughs> I started looking up signs of autism. And then two, with her, with her stroke, it's called a traumatic brain injury. I started looking to see what connections or correlations right. there are between the two. Um, so we saw, uh, I saw that actually a traumatic brain injury a lot of times um, mirrors autism. So all of these things were going through our brain at the same time we're trying to decide baby number are we four. Take, yeah. We were told that um, we didn't have to take her. They were officially going to talk to the judges and say, you know, this family's taken three on. We hate to force them mm-hmm. and separate, you know, we don't like to separate siblings, but right. this one we may just have to do. But I just kept thinking, I can't separate these kiddos. I just can't separate these babies. I can't let this little girl be out there by herself. Yeah. Um, and so we welcomed number four in. Um, in the process of all this, my job ended. Um and we were looking for, I was looking for a new a new job. At the same time, our babysitter that had been keeping Brayden, our, our, the baby, um, she was killed in a car accident. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just wow. so many things that God just kept pushing the door open that it was time for me to be home. Mm-hmm. And then baby number four comes. Um, and then, two months later, COVID hit. Wow. So, it was God just preparing... All the doors for me to be able to be home yeah. with the COVID stuff. Yeah. So. And it's funny how, I mean, you you attend those foster classes, you you talk to your friends, and the life plan that you think that you have, <laughs> uh, it doesn't work that way. No. And then even, even in the starting of the process, I'm going to take one boy, one girl, <laughs> ages, you know, five to nine. And, and now here you are with... Four children under five. Yes. <laughs> um, mostly girls. So yes. <laughs> it, it's funny how, well, I don't know if funny is the word, but it, it's it's intriguing to to know that, um, you know, God just puts us where we need to be and opens those doors when they need to be opened and opens our hearts when they need to be opened and you know, as, as someone, um, you know, on the other side of that, just thanking you for, for opening your doors and your hearts. And you mentioned earlier, um, 
it's really hard to love on children for a little bit and then to have to give them back. And that is one of the major things that people hesitate on opening their doors. Yes. Um, But, you know, you get to love those kids for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's your job. And you get to give them a life for that moment Mm -hmm. that they may never know. Right. And have never known before. Right. So... Um, that first birthday that my girls had, we wondered if that was their first birthday parties they'd wow. ever had. Yeah. And we don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, um, you don't know much about... For those first two or three years, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. And they can't really like. tell you no, much either. I don't remember. Um, wow. So, at this point, COVID hits. Um, the adoption process, has that started, or are we just still fostering right now? We are um, We're in the process of adopting the big girls. Okay. Um Little ones are actually having, um, Brayden began having visitation with mom. So we just started having that hard part of fostering. Mm-hmm. Um, once a week, he once visited a, with mom. So that's a hard part in itself, but now we're visiting in a pandemic. And pandemic visitation stopped. Okay. Until they felt comfortable bringing people back into Correct. the building. Um, it was July of 2020 yes july of 2020 um we started the process of visitation again um because of ella's um early because she was so early the doctors did not want her being around anyone that Mm -hmm. she didn't live with so she didn't go to visitation until july of 2020 so she was six months old almost six months old the first time she went to visitation. So was that, so how old was Brayden at the time? Brayden at that point was a year, like a, year. a year and three months. Was it, it was terrible. It yeah. Was, was it hard on him yes. to like kind of start the visits and then they stopped and then now we're restarting? Well, he, I'm not sure that he ever understood, understood. because he was such, so young. So young, yeah. Um, but he understood that my mama's leaving me with these people I don't know mm. once once he turned one, he understood that. Um, and that's always. I'm blessed. I'm, we're blessed, too, that for Brayden's first year, my mom helped a lot with that. Mm-hmm. And the social workers would come to the back door and get him out of the van mm-hmm. and take him in. So because we because we knew bio mom before everything happened. Oh, okay. We did not want her knowing who we were. Who, yes. At first. We were... Um, we were scared. We mm-hmm. really were. We were scared for them to know who we were. Um, afraid of a possibility that they would even try to come and abduct or mm-hmm. any, you know, anything like that. That um, That's just a fear mm-hmm. that that may happen. And, um, you know, we don't we don't know how she was feeling at the time. Maybe she right. was thankful that our kids were in a safe space. Right. Um, but as a mom, you know, you also have a, d- a deep desire to, to love on your kids. Right. So there's that, that point too. Right. Um, and I know being on the other side of having been a supervised visitation monitor, it is never easy taking those kids from their safe spot to a little bit of unknown. Um, and then usually when they get to who they're seeing, they're fine. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's those few moments of just unknown and that's really hard on everybody involved. 
Um, but for the safety of the families, that's just mm-hmm. an unfortunate reality of that's how it has to be. Yeah. Um, and then in July of 2020, um, they were no longer come to the van to get him okay. because there were now two children and they couldn't get take Both. two social workers mm-hmm. out. So for the first time, I had to come face to face with mm. bio mom. Um, I had to be prayed up. I was scared. Um, <laughs> it was awkward. It was um, fearful. Mm-hmm. But she was pleasant. She was thankful. She was gracious. She. Um, I'll I'll just never forget that all those fears that I had had were unjustified. Yeah. Um. She would actually ask about the big girls every every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um. It it was just a it was a it was a healing moment. Yeah. It was a healing moment. Um she could see how much we loved her children and that they were in a wonderful spot. Um, Visitation happened maybe for about three months before COVID swung its nasty Mm -hmm. head back up. And I guess the last time we saw her and she saw the babies was Christmas, a few days before Christmas of 2020. Um, We met at uh, uh, CVS on a corner and she had presents for them, and um, yeah, so, that was it. So do you all have a relationship with her now, or is it more of a closed adoption? Um, we, I, I get, we, we message each other every once in a while mm-hmm. on Facebook Messenger. Um, we do the were, kids have any no, kind of contact? I didn't know. Okay. No, um, when, we, when we took Brayden in, I showed the pictures. I showed the girls a picture of their mother Mm -hmm. and they didn't know who she was. So because they were at that point in time, I just thought there's no reason to. Well, thinking about what's best for the child. And yes. um, So, um, if something happens health wise with the kids, I have their relationship with her that I can message her and just say, mm -hmm. Hey, did this happen to happen between, you know, was anything like this in Mm -hmm. your past or, um, that you know of from, either the father's past. So we have that. Um, every once in a while she'll message and just say, hope y'all are having a good day. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about you all, and I'll send her a picture of what the kids look like recently yeah. or just let her know this is what's going on with them right now. And and, well, and that's probably not a typical relationship either, but it's good in some ways that, you know, when you accept children into your home, there's this a lot of unknown and now that you do have a semi-relationship with bio family um you can ask those questions right um and try to piece those pieces together because sometimes you're just left in the dark and Mm -hmm. um it's up to medical experts or 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 such to figure out what is going on um and what their family history is um so that's interesting and you know, it's maybe going to present some, 
I won't, I won't say problems, but maybe maybe it's going to present some unique issues as the children grow right. older, um, and they want maybe a relationship with right. with her. Um, maybe not. Um, are they aware that they are adopted? They know the word. That must be your phone. <laughs> they know the word. Okay. Um, I don't fully un- know if they understand what that word means. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they're young, so they're, the they concept are, of, of this Definitely is, Brayden and Ella have no idea. Yeah. I mean, they don't know anything but being at our house. Um, Maddie and Nina... They remember their previous foster, the names, Mm -hmm. at least. Um, But I'm not sure that they even remember that time of living with them. Um, And is that something that you and your husband have talked about, how you will handle that in the future? Or are you going (laughs) to, are you even there yet? (laughs) We think think about it, yes. And we talk about it. um, Because I'm sure as a a parent, that's not easy to have that conversation. No, and I'm, as things happen throughout, uh, I've just gotten to the point where I just can't, I can't hide it from the yeah. big girls. Um, silly little things, like they want to play in the van when it's in the garage, even mm-hmm. on a hot day in the summer. And I have to say, girls, something happened to you all when you were younger. Someone left you in there, and and something really bad happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we can't do that. We don't do that. Right, it can, it can be cause problems. Um, so I just I I can't be that mom that just hides it completely. Yeah, but I'm also not going to be just flat out. Yeah, and I think too. I mean, you know your your children best, and you know what they can and can't handle. Right. And sometimes letting them come to the questions, and and again, you're open with them. Right. It's not that you're hiding anything or ashamed of anything. It's it's just that they're young. They're young and maybe now's not the time. Right. So. We have had our first official child ask one of the girls if that's their grandmother picking her up from school. <laughs> no, that's my mom. Yep, I'm just old. <laughs> oh, that's always... Oh, no. <laughs> you know, this day and age... Family dynamics is so different, is and you just crazy. can't assume anything. No, no, <laughs> and which is amazing. I mean, it's amazing that families are so non-traditional, um, which is is great. <laughs> <laughs> now, our babies, to, to let you know, when they were adopted, they were um, their termination finally. Mm-hmm. Their termination finally happened. Um, I think December of 2021 because of COVID and the pandemic, social social security numbers weren't gotten and huh. the social security office shut down so that we couldn't go face to face in there. Um, which I say we, I mean the social workers. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so, We're all one big thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, because they didn't have socials, they couldn't be adopted. Mm. So, that was part of the whole COVID mess. Um, So, finally, um, we pretty much forced our way into adoption on March 30th of 2021. 
2022. So March yes. 30th, 2022. Okay. I remember that now. Um, um, you had a little bit going on. It, yeah, just a little so, bit. But I remember that. And, yeah. Um, wow. So, and you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable. No worries. Um, but was there any kind of fear during that waiting period of I'm fostering parental rights may be terminated, they may not be terminated? Um, was there some fear among you and your husband as we may have to give them the back. I can't tell you how many nights I went to sleep crying yeah. and begging God to please don't ever let this little boy be taken from me. It never was that much sway with Ella because we'd had Braden for a year mm-hmm. and we knew at that point things weren't progressing on mom's mm-hmm. plan. But that first year of having him and knowing we were still taking him to visitation, um, About two weeks in, we had a, a the um, child abuse awareness walk mm-hmm. in Logan County, and I just went to the social workers that week and said, you have got to make sure he does not go back to a bad home. I don't care what you have to do. You cannot let him go to an abusive home. Mm-hmm. He has been in my home now for two weeks. He can't go back to an abusive home. Now, the social workers did nothing <laughs> to make that not happen, but um, that maternal instinct, whether yeah. you give birth to that child or not, um, is immediate mm-hmm. and is permanent. I mean... Um, well, and ultimately, you just want what's best yes. for the child, and, and sometimes um, that is being with an adoptive or foster family, um, as bad as you may may not want that to be. I mean, as bad right. as you want bio mom to be involved, um, because as someone you're, you know, you didn't you didn't go into this with the malice of like I'm gonna no. take somebody's child. <laughs> no, you no, know, and, no, no. and I think that's one of the things that people people think about when they're. I, th- I think it's just like a bad view on adoption is, well, we're going in there to, to save all these kids and rescue all these kids. And, and yes, while that is part of it, the biggest part is you just want to provide a safe and loving yes. home for, for children. And um, you are in a place that you can do that. Right. And not everyone is. I, I think back to the first little group that we're, we're at our house for the weekend. Um God is amazing in how he's just planned it all out and worked it all out. But one of the one of my nephews now dates the cousin of the little boy that we had. Okay. So we get updates on Aww, him yes, all the time still, too. Uh-huh. So um I'm thankful that the system works, which that that's just an odd thing, but mm-hmm. I'm thankful other friends of ours that have had to that have fostered to return to homes. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have a relationship with that mom and those children. So they see, mm-hmm. they can still see what's going on. And maybe they will even reach out and help mom Yeah, to to do, to take them to things that they weren't, she wouldn't be able to do mm-hmm. on her own. Um, 
So uh, the foster system as a whole, um, if it's the right person with the right heart, could be can be an amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, I mean, the community, the goal is just to support one yes. another, and um, that's why foster. You know, I, is the more I've started talking to people, everybody in this community knows everybody. Yes, <laughs> because they, yes. because you know you lean on one another, and that's part of this awareness launch and this this podcast is just how do we get other people involved too that may not necessarily be there to open their homes, but they can definitely be that support. Yes. Um, so. With that, um, how else have you used your support? I mean, you've talked about church. Is there any other groups that you found? Um, family. I mean, I'm, you mentioned you had family close. Um, we have. Uh, we are. We are in Auburn, so we are out of Logan County, mm-hmm. um, not Warren County. But uh, Logan County's Foster Association is fairly active. Um, we meet about once once a quarter or so just to get together okay we've had coffee chats with moms and things like that too um and it's nice to hear people's stories Mm -hmm. it's nice to know you're not alone yes and to hear how things are going with their kids Mm -hmm. and um i know we're not supposed to share everything about all their stories and things but um just to have that support of each other to be able to talk things through. And this is what's going on with mine. Do you have any mm-hmm. ideas on how to handle that? <laughs> well, um, yeah. So you just need that connection anyways of, yes. you know, should I be concerned about this behavior? Should I be concerned about this when it's probably normal for that child's age? Right. Um, so having just able to have those conversations yes. in general. Yes. Um, so as you're you're preparing um for the adoption for fostering was there any kind of books or movies or anything that you found to be helpful um we definitely did not go in with our eyes completely open um <laughs> okay <laughs> we um we have learned quickly that we learned quickly that the ways that we were raised are totally different. Um, he was raised in a military home that everything okay. was very strict and mm-hmm. everything was yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. I was more of, um, I was definitely raised in more of a, an adaptive, not adaptive home, but easygoing home. Mm-hmm. Um, so any kind of, anything you can find to talk through, any if you're thinking about this, any kind of help you can get to know how you want to parent as mm-hmm. a couple is wonderful. <laughs> would be wonderful uh, to get on the same page to um, to have already ideas of how you want to handle mm-hmm. uh, whose discipline. role is what. Yes, yes. whose role is what. Um, so I think that's great advice. I mean, across the board, it's just. You have to have those conversations and those what if conversations, and yes. um, and I will back up and say you don't have to have those no, conversations, but it, but it does make <laughs> things a little easier. <laughs> um, so, um, y- yeah, 
you know, I think now, just now, um, what I'm hearing is that the media is just now kind of starting to talk about this and getting things right of the process. And so maybe in the past there hasn't been movies that have correctly uh, represented what an adoption is or what fostering is um, or any kind of books, podcasts, or right. of the sorts. Right. So um, hopefully we're on a, a different path now and things. Yes, definitely growing up in in the 80s, which is when I grew up, foster care was something you didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone was in foster care, we didn't know it. We didn't know. Uh, it was looked so far down on. Um, and I was talking to a, a mom from a generation even past mine, um, how many times one summer she took her son to be sewn up from different injuries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that in that time frame, doctors never thought about it because kids were just outside doing whatever they needed right. to do to get through the day. And but today if you take a kid to the doctor three times in one summer, Absolutely. you probably yeah. would have um somebody asking the some questions at your mm-hmm. door <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out what was going on. So times are definitely different, but the need is so huge. Yeah. It's just well I think it's even, you know, I'm the generation after you, and I think um, those conversations are, they come easy now. Mm-hmm. I think, well, they, it's not easy, <laughs> but, you know, we're more open to the idea of talking about it. We're more open to hearing people's stories, and um, hopefully that will produce more people interested in this yes um because like you said there is such a great need and a lot of people they don't see it so they don't know that need right and um you know as foster parents as someone who's in this job we're always talking about it we're always trying to get other people to do it because no it's not easy but it is a huge need and when you find out that there's over I think there's around 10,000 children in out-of-home care in our state alone. Um, That's a heavy number, heavy number, and it's just ever-growing. So there aren't places for And there aren't places. And, um, you know, some people, they're not in the spot to to open their homes, and that's okay, too, um, emotionally or physically Mm -hmm. at that point. But... Lending a helping hand where they can. Yes. Um, and I think that's what community is about. Um, and so you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but would you have any advice on someone who is considering adoption or uh, they're thinking about it? Um, maybe they're trying to convince their spouse or have those conversations with their spouse. Do you have any words of wisdom for that? And maybe that's a a loaded question. (laughs) The hardest thing for me during the whole time of waiting, and that was what that time was, was waiting. Um, Before we got married, I felt God so strongly tell me that there was something huge that Chuck and Mm -hmm. I were going to do together. That his hand was on our marriage and that there was Mm -hmm. something huge. And I just kept waiting. Okay, God, this is what you told me is is Mm going to happen. Um. 
if your spouse is not on the same page as you at the moment, wait. Yeah. Don't don't force them into it. Don't pressure them into it. Um, Absolutely, because you need that support from yes, one another. Yes, mm-hmm. and it 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 takes. At our age, it takes every ounce of energy we have in our bodies Whoa. to get through a day. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, of course, our children are much younger than a lot of these 10,000 right. that are out there. However, all of these children come with something. They mm-hmm. come with baggage. They come with... Um, even, even, and... yes, and even our little, even our big girls that they were... You know, they, they weren't old enough to remember what mm-hmm. happened. But they you can still tell in them there's a little bit of attachment issue. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of, are you really going to love me through all this? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that we've put in them. It's something that has just been there because they Their body remembers. Trauma. Yes. They came from trauma. And... I've read and I've I've read a little bit about even our babies that even though they were never taken out of a home, they were still removed from a body, mm-hmm. and there's trauma even in that. So what that will be for them later in life, I don't know what that's going to look like. But right now, um, they just know that they're at home. Mm-hmm. They know that they're home. Um, so. Make sure that you're at a place that you are surrounded by a village, not a group, a village. (laughs) You need as many people possible around you that will help you provide for these children, Mm -hmm. that will help you with the visits, with the... um, Therapy, doctors. Yes, yes, because it is many. If you look at my calendar right now... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have your weekly things anyway, and... Then you add in sports, the typical mm-hmm. kid stuff that they want to be able to do. And um, I, I've always, in the conversations that I've had with people um, before we, we started our journey, um, you know, you prepare for biological children by having showers right. and telling people and getting advice, buying the parenting books, so on and so on. There's no difference in no. preparing to open your home either. I mean, you need to have those supports in place. You need to have those conversations and buy the books, take the parenting classes. Yes. Um, if you don't know where to start, here's a good place. Yes. Um, you know, talking to a neighbor, talking to someone you know is a good place to start. And as you go th- start, as you get into this journey and you find what's going on with your children, mm-hmm. um, in in October, we finally found out that our oldest, through the brain trauma, has now been diagnosed with mild intellectual disability. Okay. So here's a whole new can of worms mm-hmm. that we've got open that we're trying to walk through. Um, because this is something that will follow her throughout mm-hmm. her life. She's always going to be approximately half her age plus a couple of years. Wow. So right now she's eight, but intellectually she's about six. Mm -hmm. So more than likely Maddie will never make it past 14 years old in her, in her intellect and her ability to process things. Um, We're probably not ever going to have her drive. She, 
things like that that these are things that are special to our case right. but you don't know when you go into this process right. who the children are that you're getting and and the things that they've been through um or the things that may develop yeah and i think that speaks to you just kind of have to be open um and you know during those times i'm sure you've reached out to other moms and and social workers and just like ask those questions of this is what I'm seeing. What can I do? And I know, I know because I know you personally, like you want to do what's best for your child. And um, if that means taking her to the doctor every day, Mm -hmm. um, until you get an answer, until you you figure out that something isn't, isn't quite normal. Um, And I know that, that's hard on a parent anyways, but then you add three other children in that. <laughs> you add working into that. You add life into that, and it's just another stressor that isn't fair sometimes. And that's what I've heard a lot of people say. It just makes me angry mm-hmm. that she's having to do with this because of someone else's action. Yeah. And no, life's not fair. And I hate, I hate this for her. You know, I don't, I don't know what life would be like for her if she had never had this heat stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I wasn't there really to know was she meeting all of her um, goals of growth right before. But we know now because of that brain's lack of oxygen, mm-hmm. um, her little body's just not ever going to be. Yeah, where it is supposed to be, um, which is a hard, hard pill to swallow. Yeah, we have. I have one other foster mom whose child had traumatic brain injury. Um, that we talk a lot together mm-hmm. about. This is what we're seeing. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, and I think and you you have to have that safe space too of asking those uncomfortable yes. questions, because um, you got to know, right? And Sometimes you just don't, you want to ask the question, but you don't want people to think poorly upon you. Right. Um, But you've you've got to know. And sometimes you, you as a mom, you've got to have those conversations that are tough that you would never say to anybody else. You would never say to your kid, but you've got to get them out. Right. Um, So with that, I mean, what have you done to, to take care of yourself, <laughs> uh, you're you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, which is mm-hmm. apparent, anyways. Um, but have you found that you're able to take time for yourself? I'm blessed that my husband, um, he he lets me leave whenever I need to. Um, my mom and my mom, thank goodness, is very. It's where my children mm-hmm. are this morning, um, but. Um, I went through some months of counseling. Okay. Um, I should have gone through more. I should probably be seeing her now. (laughs) It's just a scheduling issue. Uh Um, And do I want to take my days to do what I want to do versus what I really probably need to do? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That that, honestly, I I probably need to get back into the counselor. um, Just. Just to, like you said, to talk mm. things through in a safe space. Um, just to leave the house for a little while. Yeah. And sometimes it's just taking the trash out to the streets <laughs> and looking up it. at the stars uh-huh. and, and, and thanking God for that beautiful yeah. sky that he's created. Um, 
but we are blessed in in Warren County and Logan County both with moms that get together. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be the Two Rivers Network, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you're yes. Uh, the Two Rivers Network they usually have a moms dinner once a quarter. Um, Logan County has a mops group, Mops and Moms Next, which is really for any mom um, that we we meet monthly um, just to get together and learn a little bit, but mm-hmm. also just talk to each other. Um, that's it's just an amazing time. So find a mops group if you're not <laughs> in one. Um, They're all over Facebook. Yes. Um, really, if you want, I can link the mops group okay. to this Um that that's also something uh, I try to to ask people to like what is their current project? What are you currently working on? Mm-hmm. So I know mops is a big thing yes, in your life. It is. That it will... is. Yeah, it's it. Um, one of the four leaders right now in Logan County that um is trying to keep it going and um just minister to moms because yeah. moms of all people need each other yeah <laughs> moms of all walks of life just yes. need another mom yes. to say you know it's okay if if you're in the bathroom locking the door eating your snickers yes <laughs> it's okay if you don't want to share that yes yes um, so um what is the favorite what is your favorite thing about the stage of life you're in you got a lot going on oh, yeah. but i know you've got a favorite yeah this little baby that we didn't think we needed. She is the delight of my life mm-hmm. right now. As much as mama boys are mm-hmm. true, which Braden is my is a mama's boy. Ella right now, she is the perfect age. At Christmas, she was delighted by everything no. that she saw. Mommy, mommy, Santa, mommy, tree. <laughs> um, but just her pure little heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went out to look at the sunsets. Monday afternoon, and I just recorded her for a little bit because she's just out in the driveway with her arms up, spinning and twirling, and um, just the full heart of a little almost three year old. Yeah, Um, that is beautiful. So, and um, you know, sometimes we can learn a lot from kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just take a moment to look at them and and to know like the simplicity of just a moment, a moment, a moment. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, is there anything else we want to cover? I was going to, there's one more thing that, that I, I'm not on the leadership of or this or anything, but Logan County um, is beginning to work on something called the Isaiah 117 house. Okay. It would act, it's actually a home that's kind of like a holding home for children as they are entering into foster care. Uh, it would be a place that, Social workers can bring children um, to stay for a night, a couple of nights. Oh, wow. So that they don't feel rushed into placing them into mm-hmm. a foster home. Um, it it would have all brand new clothes. It will have all games for the kids, things for them to do to make them feel welcome um, until the right foster home right. can be found. Um, so Logan County is working on that. It's a group out of Tennessee um, that put these homes together. Of course, they have to be 
industrialized. You know, mm-hmm. the homes have to be industrialized so that they're completely 100% safe. Right. So that ministry is beginning in Logan County. Um, we're hoping it will be the direction of Bowling Green so that Warren County could be yeah, able I to think use that's it as well. Amazing. And, um, that way, children are not in the hallways of the DCBS, of the DCBS offices. Office. And, and that's a big thing of. Um, we we've talked a lot in the past about respite providers. Yes, and so some part of what a respite could be used for is something like this home yes. of just a, a few nights to where we can take a breather and yes. figure some things out yes. um, while the child is safe. And so that Isaiah one seventeen. Yes, I will link that as well. And Please. people, I mean. That, there's a, a thousand things that come to my mind with how people could help uh, volunteering there, organizing things, donating yes. things, um, getting groups together to make a meal. Um, yes. You know, places like that are always in need of new clothing, diapers, car seats. Right. We're, and we're also blessed in Logan County. Um, our DCBS office has a foster closet. Yes. So, um and I think that's something we that are, we're working on linking to our website, too, is just those foster closets. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe you run across something that's on sale at right. at the Walmart of um, diapers or wipes or underwear. clothing, underwear, Pajamas. socks, um, just those basic essentials that are relatively cheap when you buy mm-hmm. them. On clearance. On clearance. Yes. <laughs> and so y- you have those means and you want to give them to some place. The foster closets are always a great space to look um, because sometimes the children come with nothing. Right. And, um, you know, foster parents, as part of your training, you, you set up those supports and you set up, right. okay, you're preparing for your first placement and such. Um, but it's nice to, to have those. Yes. Beautiful ministry. Um, All right. Well, I try to wrap up things on a light note. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before. Uh, I think I'm hitting a point where I'm going to have to change my questions. (laughs) Uh, But I, I do something called rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, because I do want to make sure we're we're uplifting and we're yes. we're having a fun time. Um, it's nothing too too invasive here, but so what is one item that's always in your fridge? You never run out of this. <laughs> this is silly, but sour cream. Yeah, <laughs> sour cream. Okay, uh, you're a coffee drinker. So, what's your go-to coffee order? Cinnamon Dolce as mm. Starbucks is my usual. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I know this is something that's hard for moms, but your favorite self-care, even if it's a five-minute thing. Manicures and pedicures are always. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's an idea yes. for those listening. Um, gift cards. Yes, to... there you go. <laughs> gift cards, and here's a two-hour time frame. Yep. Uh, and then... In the moments where you're in the car with your kids or you're in the car, those rare moments you're in the car by yourself, what is your favorite song to listen to, sing to? You could have two answers, with kids or without. <laughs> this is kind of funny. I, 
We love anything freaking and country. Mm, the girls mm-hmm. and I will jam out to freaking your country. But the sweetest little thing is there's a song, and I don't know what the name of it is, on Christian radio right now, that it's going to be okay. No. And to hear my little three-year-old back there singing, it's going to be all right. It's going to no. be okay. Um, it's just precious. Yeah. And now, when I'm being a really good mama, um, <laughs> we're listening to Listener Kids and jamming out to This Little Light of Mine. And, um, Jesus Loves Me and... If you're happy, you know it. Yeah. But that doesn't happen very often anymore because you get tired of the same things over Uh and over Will's on the bus 57,000 times. Yes. Well, thank you for being on and for for just being open about your story. Um, I know you're not alone in in this. And I hope that, well, I know that someone is going to connect with this. And um, hopefully we can be that bridge and open up some conversations in the home. Uh, that's the goal of this is just get people talking. Yes. People talking. So yes. I do appreciate your time and, and your willingness to be open and share this. I really feel like if God puts it in your, in your life, there's a reason, there's a reason to share. Yeah. So yeah, please come help us. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know where to start, uh, this is a good place. <laughs> it's linked. So, all right. Well, thank you. Sam. Uh-huh, thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. We know that we live in a world where everyone can do something. Remember to visit our website at www.familyenrichmentcenter.com to find your something, as well as for all podcast information or to submit your episode ideas or questions. If you have a story that you want to share, please reach out at adopt at familyenrichmentcenter.com. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts now to get notified on all the latest releases. As always, we hope that your week is filled with sunshine, love, and lots of great tasting coffee. Until next time.